Hi, I'm Kenzie Fell, producer and co-host of McGowan Braybender's podcast channel, Side Effects. Today, we are welcoming Tiffany Cook, a dynamic communicator who specializes in health and wellness. She's a mentor, coach, and is known for enhancing team and company cultures. McGowan Braybender is lucky to have her as our population health manager and engagement specialist. She helps clients change their approach to health benefits by taking control of rising costs and chronic disease. Whether it's implementing on-site biometric screenings, introducing fitness challenges, or coordinating office-wide flu shots, Tiffany teaches the importance of empowering healthier living. Tiffany studied at the University of Kentucky and had an impressive career with Disney Cruises and Radio Disney before joining the MB family five years ago. Without further delay, let's welcome Tiffany Cook to Side Effects. I'm Scott McGowan. I'm Kenzie Fell. And I'm Anne-Marie Singleton. Now, I think even for our listeners, too, I think what's important is um, we might be right, we might be wrong, but one thing is we're not afraid. Our goal is to get you to think about things a little differently. And we're unscripted. We just have free reign for 20 minutes. Welcome to Side Effects with an A. Good morning and welcome to Side Effects. I'm Kenzie Fell and I'm joined by a special co-host today who's filling in with First Scott and Anne-Marie. We have Dave Homan from our Director of Strategy and Innovation. Thanks for having me on the air. Welcome, Dave. And we are so excited for today's guest, um, Tiffany Cook. How are you? Oh, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me here of today. Of course. We're so excited. You are our population health manager here at MB. And I was talking about this earlier. I have I had never heard of this position until I came here. Is it unique? Is it just special to us? Sure. Um, so I would say the term population health manager is a little bit unique in the broker world here at Imago and Braybender. Mm -hmm. Many other brokers or organizations like us may have a wellness coordinator that can help with on-site fitness challenges, but I'm here really to build that strategy with our clients and be able to help them for their future cost claims. I like that term strategy because we are the strategy and innovation team. So um, just in the intro, I talked about empowering healthier living mm -hmm. and Dave, was that a phrase that we created here at MB? Yeah, we actually trademarked uh, empowering, empowering Healthier Living uh, eight, ten years ago. And that is simply our trademarked approach to uh, the clinical and non-clinical mm -hmm. interventions and approaches that we use to controlling healthcare costs. So, EHL. Yeah, we feel like what we're doing is so unique out there in the marketplace yeah. and, and our approaches that we felt we needed to trademark it. So want, there are so many things that we can do to help this mission of EHL. So Tiffany, the main base component we wanted to talk about in this podcast was biometric screenings. Yeah. It feels like it's one of, at least to me, the most simple thing to to implement at a company, but um, tell us a little bit about what is a biometric screening. Sure. Um, so I would say why it's so simple um, is because many clients or companies that have never done anything with wellness to bring an, a biometric screening on site, it is so beneficial because the employees have it right there. It's accessed um, right there on site. They're not having to leave to go to it. They can also see how quickly it's done and the process that it happens. Um, so they're not as terrified and scared to do <laughs> it. So it just is an easy process. So it's a good stepping stone into the wellness and health management world. 
uh, Tiffany, I think there are two kinds. There's the finger stick and there's the arm, which I think is called the venipuncture. Correct. What, which, is there one that's better than the other? Why are they different? Sure. Um, so with the finger stick biometric screening, it is a simple finger prick. And so the biometric screening company would come in and sit on site and they would be able to draw your blood through just a finger stick. And so that's able to get your lipids. So your glucose, your cholesterol, and your triglyceride numbers. And so when you do a finger stick, it is spun right there on site. So they're able to then give you your results within 10 to 15 minutes after doing that finger stick. And that's what MB does, right? That's correct. Am I allowed to ask yeah. that? Absolutely. <laughs> <It's not HIPAA. laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. And then for venipuncture, it's an actual blood draw. So uh, the biometric screening company would come in and they would do a blood draw. Now you're not getting gallons of blood like you would at, um, when you're giving blood, but it is more blood than just a finger stick. But they're also able to test for more results to come back. Um, but the downside to a venipuncture blood draw is that it is sent off to the lab, the blood work and then the results are mailed home to the employees two to three days business days later so you're not able to have that quick coaching moment to be able to see those numbers you have to then read your report now it's they're easy to read reports but you're doing it on your own it's not in front of a coach that can tell you what all of that means what do you find most employers are doing sure um, I would say finger stick probably for that simple coaching moment right there that employees can then understand those numbers and know what it means especially for maybe your first time having a biometric screening maybe years after doing it and everybody understands um, maybe switching to the venipuncture just because you can get more results than just the metabolic syndrome numbers mm. um, it is a full blood draw like you would do at your primary care physician is there a price difference or does that have any factor it doesn't really have a factor um, it's pretty much one way or the other same price cool mm -hmm. okay so when you're looking at that a, a biometric screening i know when we have ours here at mcgo and braybender mm -hmm. it's you've got to schedule the time you've got to sign up then you're going you're there for a little bit of time and then mm -hmm. i mean you get the people like me that just simply don't like needles yeah. <laughs> so what are the challenges that that employers face when deciding whether or not to do a biometric screening and then actually doing it sure um i would say that finding the right biometric screening company that where the nurses can make the employees feel comfortable help them understand the process talk to them exactly what they're going to do and that way the needle is just the object so look mm -hmm. away have a conversation so <laughs> that goes along with finding that right biometric screening vendor okay will you hold my hand this year i will okay <laughs> yeah i'm not a needle fan either and i this past year was my first on-site one that we had and i felt so comfortable i'm like i don't really like blood and she's like it's fine she's like so do you have a dog and i'm like okay i like you yes i'm not thinking about the blood and yeah they were great i think that that is a very positive side of the finger stick as well mm -hmm. it's just a quick prick it does not take very long at all with the blood draw you do see a little bit more of a needle so mm -hmm. agreed um so are there any other kinds of challenges that you hear about or that you have to kind of help guide companies through 
I would say one thing is understanding the billing and how that works. So sometimes biometric screening vendors are able to bill directly to your insurance carrier. Mm -hmm. So understanding if it can be billed through the insurance carrier, everything that you need to have. So an eligibility file with all of the member IDs and group numbers um, should be sent to the biometric screening vendor. And that takes some time. So understanding the process, the time length um, is where some challenges could fall into place. Mm -hmm. So rolling that up at, to the employer level, we've talked about the employee getting the individual data. How does a biometric screening help the employer? Sure. So at the end of the biometric screening, on-site biometric screening, um, the employer is able to get a group aggregate results report. So then that biometric screening vendor can sit down and describe where different levels are for those different results and risk factors. So let's say um, blood pressure is off the charts in an organization. It's very high. So then that biometric screening vendor can sit down with that client organization and talk about different ways to bring in programming or bring in different activities to address those different risk factors. Okay, and how is the um, employee's privacy protected through all this? Sure. So no individual data can ever be shared. And so but at the very beginning of the biometric screening, each uh, employee would sign a HIPAA release form stating that they understand that the individual data is not being shared. It's a voluntary program. Um, the only thing that the employer would see would be that group aggregate results. So it only results go to the actual biometric screening vendor company. Or can you kind of break down a little bit what um, the biometric screening shows? You mentioned earlier triglycerides, cholesterol, but do, can you give us a little rundown of what everything they find out? Sure. So um, with the finger stick, that is the metabolic panel, so they would be able to do that uh, blood test, the finger stick blood test, to be able to find your cholesterol, um, HDL and LDL, mm -hmm. and then your lip, um, your triglyceride numbers and your um glucose numbers okay. so those make up it's called your lipid panel so then they also would do your blood pressure your height your weight your waist circumference and your bmi so um we talk a lot about metabolic syndrome or mm -hmm. met s for short and so that's where you just test the glucose triglycerides triglycerides hdl cholesterol waist circumference and blood pressure okay so you don't need the full um, panel that they do test because we don't look at ldl and total cholesterol and we don't look at bmi for metabolic syndrome mm -hmm. i found it very interesting when i got all my results back because i guess i've never really looked at you know the high cholesterol the low cholesterol but it was so eye-opening to me because I was like wow maybe I should cut out some of those um extra cookies or you know it was yeah. just like it was a very um it felt good then I talked to the nurse about it and she just told me some things to think about in the future and mm -hmm. being only 26 I feel like they were like okay like you're on a good path sure. so I I really enjoyed the biometric screen and I would say <laughs> that is the very plus side of doing the finger stick you can sit there and get those quick little tips and hints about how to change those numbers and it sticks with you you mm -hmm. remember that if you were to do the blood draw the results get sent home in the mail and you're looking at it and it is not the same process of hearing somebody tell you you have to read that are you really understanding it do you really want to spend time reading it so exactly. that's where a downside of the blood draw is mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what is the most important part of the biometric screening that employers often overlook um, I would say understanding the group aggregate results and putting into practice those results oh, yeah. so 
if you're just going to do a biometric screening to help your employees understand their numbers, that's good. That's a good first step. But then I would encourage companies to really understand those results when the biometric screening vendor comes to talk to them and put a plan into place. How do we want to address, just choose one risk factor, maybe that was out of line, and address that this next year. Make it a company goal. Make it a group initiative. Leadership is all on board. So I'd say that would probably be where a miss that I see happen sometimes. And how do employers, I guess, get their employees to do it? Because I know a lot of people, um, you know, if they don't have to go through the preventive side of things, they wait until something breaks down. And so how do you, how do you get that stubborn, uh, 50-year-old man who doesn't like biometric screenings to to go in and get screened. Sure. I would say the big word is incentivize. Um, And I wish, I wish with everything that we could just tell our employees that we were having an on-site biometric screening for them and everybody would just go do it because it's good (laughs) for their health. But unfortunately, that doesn't work out the best. So by incentivizing your employees to do it is a really important piece of it. And that incentive can be all over the spectrum and can look a little bit different for everybody. You know, some organizations, their employees will do it for a $10 gas card, and that works for them. And then some organizations really need to see that hit their pocket before they make that decision of, I'm going to do that. So there has to be a bigger um, a bigger incentive to do that with a premium differential, HSA dollars, whatever that may look like. Statistically, what is the number to have a good percentage of people screened? Sure. And statistically, um, if you're adding more elements than the biometric screening, it's about $600 annually. When you're just starting with a biometric screening, I would say that could be much lower because you want to work your way up to that $600 amount. So I would say to get somebody to move and just do a simple on-site screening, probably $100 would be able to get them to do that. Whether that looks like a $100 gift card being put into to a raffle, $100 into their HSA. So kind of switching gears, we have another option. Besides on-site biometrics, you can also also ask your employees to go to a PCP, correct? Yeah. So do you want to touch on that a little bit? Yeah. So PCP stands for primary care physician. And the important piece of that part is that they are building a relationship with a primary care physician. Mm -hmm. So they are hearing directly from their PCP what those results mean, what it looks like, the things that they need to change. Pretty much the exact same thing that you would hear from the on-site quick snap coach of, hey, you need to eat more fish and you need to have more oils for this to be able to be lowered. Um, That's what your primary care physician would be doing. Um, But you're also building that relationship. So if something was to go wrong, you can then ask your doctor about different medications, different lifestyle changes, what they need to do. And then that doctor has that. Under that arrangement, is there still an opportunity to for the employer to get that aggregate data in some way? Yeah, good question. So there is. There are um, biometric screening vendors usually, most often, have an option of collecting PCP forms. So um, the employee would go to their primary care physician. They would get their blood work, either a blood draw or a finger stick. The doctor would fill out the form with all of those results, and then the form would be sent into that third-party vendor. As a 
reminder, it can never be sent into the company's HR or leadership team or mm-hmm. anybody within the organization because that is a HIPAA violation. It's right. really important that if you are doing a PCP form and gathering those results, it has to be utilized by a third-party vendor. How do you normally, like what are your common outlets for collecting that data with your clients that you work with at McGowan Braybender? Yeah, well, first, um, I talk with them about what is their goal. Are they just looking to find out participation numbers, or are they looking to find out the actual results and build a plan based on those aggregate results for risk conditions? Mm -hmm. So if a company is just looking for participation, they just want their employees to build that relationship with the primary care physician, and they don't really care about the results, then by utilizing a HIPAA-compliant form where it can be collected in-house, no numbers are written on it and just a signed off signature from a provider, then that is one way that they could go. And then another way by collecting the forms where it does have HIPAA information, um, we sit down and we talk about how many different locations they have. Um, are their employees going to understand maybe getting on to technology to print out that form? Does it have mm. to be a paper packet mailed home to them? So we have to talk through many different questions to figure out the right route to be able to suggest the right vendors for them. Wow. What do you see most? Do you see them opting for the PCP option or the on-site option? If I guess it depends on participation and what they want out of it. Yeah, but. and probably how far they are in their wellness program. So mm-hmm. the ones, uh, the clients and em- employers that are just starting out, mm-hmm. they're most likely going to do an on-site screening. Oh, they yeah. want to see what it looks like. Get their feet wet. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but then um, as they move in and have been doing it for year over year over year and they're ready to move to the next step, going to the primary care physician probably. Right. I'm sure you've got good stories and bad stories from experiences out with clients. Can you share a good story? Like how is how have biometrics maybe helped an employee or helped an employer? Sure. Um, so I would say that um, some of the good stories come from bad things that were about to happen but didn't get there because mm-hmm. of that biometric screening. So one client that I'm thinking of uh, right now, so they the client was very hesitant. Do we really want to be invasive and bring in the Big biometric brother. screening yeah. on site? Our employees may not like it. So I had to talk to them quite frequently about the pros of it and why it could help in helping their employees maybe find out risks that they didn't know. So finally, after probably trying to convince them for a year, they said, okay, let's do it. So we had an on-site biometric screening, and after that screening, they did a finger stick. And so three of their employees were told that they needed to leave immediately and go to the ER. Or if they had a primary care physician, call them right now. All three did not have a primary care physician, so two of them went to the ER, and they came back, and they thanked their company and their managers for having that that screening because they found out that they were diabetic and didn't know it. So now they have a relationship with a primary care physician, they're managing it, and their lifestyle is so much better, and they feel healthier. So great stories can come out of it. I remember um, this last spring we did an EHL project, and we brought in some clients and interviewed them about... About success stories and one I remember standing out was um, a company that was majority male mm-hmm. and she was like it was so hard but Tiffany pushed us and they all thanked us at the end and they didn't have doctors before and yep. their spouses didn't even know and they got the whole family involved and yep. she was like it was such a success like they're excited for next year mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. those are just to feel good you know make, you're making a difference yeah so that feels good yeah and, And I would just say that um, even if you think that your employees are not going to like it, 
do it. It could save somebody's life and you would just be so thankful and happy that you did it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think just sharing a personal story, just with the way things are, you're, you're running really fast and you don't have time to stop. And oftentimes those, those incentives or premium differentials or, Um, whatever employers are calling them are the extra incentive to push you and kind of hold you accountable that you get things done. And, you know, for some people it's, it's the biometric screenings for others. It's preventive screenings. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, in, in my situation, I probably would not have had all of my preventive screenings done that needed to be done if McGowan Braybender, my employer didn't require it. Mm -hmm. And so, Going in, um, we were able to find some things in its early stages that um, most likely would have turned into something that mm-hmm. could have been very impactful to my life and, and future. So mm-hmm. um, while we hate it and some people feel it's big brother, mm-hmm. others feel it's invasive, sometimes you need that nudge. Yes to get it done. And I think biometric screenings, I've always heard you talking to clients and saying, if you're going to start anywhere, start with your biometric screenings. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Biometric screenings or sending them to the primary care physician. Those two things can change somebody's life in the most positive way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Mm -hmm. So to wrap up our conversation today, um, let's say when you work with a client who wants to implement healthy changes, they're scared. Like you said, most of them are. Where do you start? What's that first conversation look like? Any advice? Yeah. So the very first thing I would ask is what kind of wellness or health management have you had in the past? Mm -hmm. Is this going to be completely brand new to your employees or are you starting from a little bit upper scale have you done challenges before have you even had education and talked about what these things mean Mm -hmm. and if that answer is no that is completely fine but let's start with educating so start sending out emails or start sending out flyers or start having your leadership have conversations with employees about what's coming in the future Mm -hmm. why are you as an organization focusing on wellness and have that response be because you care about your employees so right. the, I would the education piece for an employer that is starting brand new is so important. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, wonderful. I think that concludes our episode today. And if anyone has any questions or comments or wants to get a hold of Tiffany, you can find her on LinkedIn. Yeah. Or if you have any topic suggestions or if you just have any feedback for us, feel free to reach out at Kenzie at Healthier Birthdays. And we will see you guys all next time. Thank you so much, guys. Thank Thanks, you. Tiffany. Yep.